Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. So today, let's go, let's go right into the word of the Lord. I want to talk about uh, cultivating your courage. I want to talk about cultivating your courage in this year, in 2021. And I ask, Father, that you would bless your word. Speak now, Lord. Use me for your glory. And at the end of the day, we will always give you all of the praise and all of the honor. In Jesus' name, send your spirit into every home. Lord, those that have opened up their heart and they have prepared a table to receive your word, I pray, God, that you would just speak today, God. This is a very significant day. It's the first Sunday in the new year. We want to hear from you. We want to be prepared. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody put in the comments, I am prepared to hear the word of the Lord. Uh, you know, one thing I will tell you that I'm sure about, there's a lot I'm not sure about, but the, the one thing that I am sure about is that as we face a new year and a new season, uh, we are going to have to face, face this new year and this new season with courage. And uh, we're going to have to face it with fortitude. We're going to have to face it with boldness, with, uh, with audacity. We're going to have to face this new year with a determination in our spirits. One thing I have uh, rediscovered uh, in 2020 is that life is hard at times. Life can be hard. Many of us have, have experienced um, going through some hard times in 2020. Life is hard, but God is faithful. Life is hard, but God is faithful. That's, that's something I can tell you, that uh, life is not for wimps. I mean to tell you, life can be hard, but God is faithful. I can tell you another thing, and that is that life uh, uh, does not always uh, cooperate with our plans. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. I have also, I was also reminded in 2020 that sometimes things go wrong and that sometimes things go awry and uh, that sometimes people will disappoint us, that plans will fail and that prayers are not always answered in the time frame or even answered in the way that we expect them to be answered. And Often after um, a major loss or a major failure or a year like 2020 or uh, after disappointments, many people, uh, they get to a point in their life where they're just, they're just tired and life will, will wear you out. But there has to be something in you that causes you to know that I'm alive for a reason. I have purpose for a reason and I'm not going to just throw up my hands and quit. But life has... Uh, it has worn some people out, especially in 2020, and it has shifted people into a not not so much a success uh, mode, but it's shifted people into a survival mode. It's shifted people into uh, I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna settle for existing. However, what we need to know is that there, there are other people, and I'm sure you've noticed this, that there are other people that no matter what life throws in their direction, they have this crazy ability to just get back up again. I mean, you look at them and you, and you are like, God, I, you know, there have been people that have left you for dead and they did not have any idea or any thought process that they would ever have to look at you again. But look at God. There's something that he put in you that enabled you you to get back up time and time and time again. You get back up and you get right back into the game. Uh, those kind of people have a an amazing resilience down in them. It is not their strength, but it is the Christ that is within them. Uh, people like Paul. Paul was a man like that. Paul had a, a, an amazing resilience. He could keep on going when everything in his life suggested that he ought to just stop. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4 that we are pressed on every side and uh, we got trouble everywhere, but, but we are not crushed. And it says we are not broken. We are perplexed, but we don't give up and we don't quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again. 
and we keep on going. My God, if you think about all the stuff that Paul came through and then to be able to utter words such as that, where does that kind of courage come from? Where, where does that kind of resilience come from? Wherever you get it. I want it. I want it for me. I want it for you. I want it for us. I want it for all of us. And on this first Sunday morning in 2021, I want us to look at a man whose, whose life is really amazing to me. He's in the Old Testament, and uh, I'm, I'm, the more I study about him, the more I get intrigued by him. And uh, he, you know him. His name is Job. Job had this ability to cultivate courage, and no matter what came against him, he was able to get up and to keep moving when everything in him should have just thrown in the towel and gave up and died. Job continued to live. As, as a matter of fact, when his wife said to him, why don't you just curse God and die? I believe something in Job rose up and probably said, why should I curse him and die when I could bless him and live? And that's just, that's how Job was. He had it, something in him like that. Job is, is the oldest book uh, in the Bible, and it is the story of an amazing man. Job was actually the wealthiest man in the entire world in his day. He was the most prominent. He was the most influential man in the world in his day. However, in one 24-hour period, Job's entire life fell apart. In one day, this man, in one day, now this is in one day, he lost all of his money. He lost all of his livestock, which is his business. He lost uh, all of his children. They were all murdered. And uh, in that same period of time, he contracted a disease uh, that was terribly painful. It was chronic, and it was actually uh, a terminal illness all in one day. And you think you have had a bad day, or I think I have had a bad day. Job had a PhD in having a bad day. He had a PhD in pain. He had a PhD in loss. And uh, he also had a PhD in how to face such a crisis that he himself had faced. Now, I realize that I am at risk of somebody thinking that I'm trying to downgrade or belittle or, or be insensitive to what you and, and your house might have uh, have gone through, but uh, what I want to say to you realistically is that I don't know anybody, I would dare say that I don't know anybody that has experienced a tougher blow in a 24-hour period than a man by the name of Job, but through it all, through all of Job's losses, he teaches us how to learn to live through all of the losses, and so today, if you are, are that person that says, I feel like giving up. I want to give up on life. I'm ready to give up on marriage. I want to give up on my family. I want to give up on my career, on my education, on my children. I have, I'm, I'm trying to keep going, but I've got these secret feelings inside of me that, that have really given up. I gave up a long time ago, actually. If that's you today, I, I trust. I want to help you find the strength today to cultivate a courage that will help you to keep it moving. If you're at home, look at somebody next to you or around you. And if there's nobody there, just holler out. I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to put on the whole armor, not part of the armor, not some of the armor, not just the helmet of salvation. I'm going to put on the whole armor of God so that I can keep it moving. No matter come what may from day to day, I'm going to keep it moving for Jesus. And so this morning, I want to just look at a couple of things about this man's life, and I am thoroughly convinced. I'm convinced of it myself, and I'm convinced of it for you, that if we can do what Job did, we can get what Job got. And God, Job got through the crisis that his life was facing. I said he got 
through the crisis. Some of us are in the middle of a crisis. Some of us are stuck. Our faith is in a crisis. Our finances are in a crisis. Our relationships are in a crisis. But I want to tell you today that you don't have to live there. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to be stuck. Listen, your spirit can get out even before your body gets out, even before your money gets out. Your spirit can get out. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you're walking around the house and you're thinking about all of the situation and you're looking at it and you're overwhelmed but some kind of little something inside of you springs up and says I don't know what's going to happen but I got a feeling that everything is going to be all right that's your spirit getting free listen to your spirit because your spirit knows things that your mind don't know and it will help you to get through whatever it is that you're facing and on to the other side uh, when, when we are facing loss, major loss in our life, like this is kind of the, some of the stuff that Job did go through. I want to I encourage you when you find yourself facing major loss. Uh, I want you to make sure that, just write this down, number one, that, I, that you tell God exactly how you feel, okay? I want you to tell God exactly how you feel. I've done it. I have told him how I feel on countless occasions. I'm still alive. He hadn't killed me. He ain't been so mad at me that he just cut me off. Uh, but I have found it to be healthy to tell God exactly how I feel. Now, somebody, like, like if you were like me and you were kind of raised in church, we were kind of always taught, Yo, you got to be careful what you say to God, you know. But I'm going to tell you something. We, we do, we, we are reverencing God and we love God and we honor God. But I, I also want to tell you, don't hold back on how you feel when it comes to God. Don't spare God's feelings. He He's big enough to take all of whatever it is that you're going to give him. So just unload. Just go ahead and unload whatever it is that you got. Unload it on God. Get it all out. Unload your pain. Unload your feelings. Unload your frustration. Because if anybody can handle it, God can handle it. I said, God can handle, unlike people now, he is not going to be disappointed in you when you tell him how you really feel. You know, we grew up singing uh, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want, but I don't ever remember a verse being uh, sang that said, Jesus on the main line, tell him how you really feel, because we were kind of taught to just suppress that, but he knows the real you anyway. He knows what you're feeling. He knows every thought he knows he knows everything that's going on inside of you he knows what you really think anyway he knows what you really feel anyway and it will do you good to just be honest with God you 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 have to be honest with God and and, and I want to help somebody with this right here that we probably you, you probably have never looked at it like this before uh, and I am not sure that I have ever said it like this before but trusting God with your negative emotions is actually an act of worship. I'm going to say this again. Trusting God with your negative emotions is actually an act of worship. In the very first chapter in the book of Job, after, after, after his entire life, has fallen apart. The Bible says in verse 20 that Job stood up. Job tore his robe in grief. He shaved his head and then he fell to the ground and he worshiped. So all of that, Job is, is both physically and he is visibly expressing his pain before his God. He tore his robe in, in grief. He ripped his clothes. I, uh, sometimes maybe you have felt like I could just tear everything apart and I could just, I could just tear up everything. But I'm going to tell you something. This is what he did. He ripped his clothes. He shaved his head 
head, which really uh, is an act of humility. He shaved his head. And what did he do next? He fell on the ground and he began to worship God. In spite of the obvious pain and the grief, this man has chose to worship. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you can sit and become bitter. You can become sour. You can be, have this, you can have this bad taste in your mouth for life, but I want to encourage you today to do what he did. He fell to the ground and he began to worship. He was broken. He was grieving. He was hurting, but he chose worship. I said he chose whoever I'm talking to today. God says to tell somebody, choose to worship me. You got to choose. I'm not going to make you. You got to choose to worship me. Anytime you go through a major loss or anytime you go through major disappointments in your life, you are going to experience at least four emotions. One of them is anger. The first one usually is anger. When you're going through disappointment and discouragement, you're going to experience anger. In the stage of anger, you're asking the question, why did this happen? Why did this have to happen? Why, why, why did this happen? So you move from anger over to where you experience grief and you start thinking about what, what, what I lost. Why did I have to lose that? Why did I have to lose that person? Why did I have to lose that house, that job? And then you usually experience the emotion of shock. And then when you experience the emotion of shock, you're asking the question, what, what do I do now? What do I do now? And then you experience the emotion of fear because at this point you're asking questions like, so what's going to happen next? You've moved through all of these emotions and whenever you're experiencing anger, grief, shock, or fear, it is, it is those, those emotions that you need to take to God. He's the only one that you can really trust with all of them. He's, I said he's the only one that you can really trust with all of them. And you got to express what you are feeling. You don't take it out on others. You take it and run, it, run, run straight to the throne room of God. Run boldly. He said you can come boldly to my throne in the time of trouble. So you go to God and you start expressing to God how you feel. Express it. Don't suppress it. Don't, don't repress it. You, you, you've got to express, express it, express it, express how you feel to God because God can handle your anger. God can handle your grief. He can handle your shock. He can handle uh, your fear. He can handle your frustrations. He can handle all of those emotions because he made those emotions. And the only reason that you and I have those emotions is because God has them. He has had them himself and we are made in his likeness and we are made in his image. The reason that you can get angry is because God got angry. The reason that you know what it's like to be sad is because God has been there. The reason that you can become frustrated is because God has been frustrated. God can handle it all. You're not introducing a new thing to him. He is bigger than it all. He can handle it all. He is bigger than your melt down. He is bigger than your temper. He is bigger than your tantrum. He is bigger than your discouragement. He is bigger than all of that thing that says I'm this way in front of people, but I'm really angry over here. God said, I already know. So come and bring what you got to me and tell him how you really feel. When another person gets the job that you applied for, Tell God how it makes you feel. When somebody else gets the raise that you yourself felt qualified to get, but you didn't get it, somebody else got it. Tell God how you feel. Don't just press it down in you. Don't just stuff it down in you. Make sure you take it to your prayer cloth and get it out. You got to get all of this out of you. Get it out of you. When you don't get the job and you don't get the promotion, tell God about it. When somebody who you love walks out and has left you for dead and it breaks your heart, don't just try to shop it away or eat it away or drink it away. Make sure you go into your 
prayer closet and get it out of you. You got to cry out to God when you're mad, when you're confused, when you're scared, when you're anxious, when you're doubting, when you are grieving, tell him because his love for you is much bigger than all of those emotions put together. See, that's what I loved about Job because Job was brutally honest with God. Job was a man that would tell it like it was. Job did not mince his words when it came to what he was feeling and God. He just said, he said in, in, in Job 7, 11, he said, I can't be quiet. Me be quiet? I can't. I can't be quiet. I'm angry. I am bitter and I have to speak. Listen, if you don't talk it out, to God, you will take it out in your body. I said, if you don't talk it out to God, you will take it out in your body. It's kind of like having a, a bottle of soda in your hand. And you know, if, if you shake it up and it gets up under enough pressure, if, if it, 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 can, it will come out in a way that it's not meant to come out. It's meant for the lid to come off and it to pour out. But if you shake it up and you don't do it properly, then it starts spewing out in every direction it comes through the lid and it goes everywhere and that is not how it was made to come out so if we don't get these things out of us then it's going to come out later in some kind of crazy off off the wall behavior six months from now you'll be tripping and nobody will know why you're tripping but you're tripping because six months earlier you didn't take what you had that had you feeling crazy and up uh, and give it to the Lord in prayer so it will come out in an addiction it will come out in a compulsion it will come out in an illicit affair it will come out in some destructive behavior because if you don't express it to God it will come out like that but one way or the other it's going to come out so Job he starts off in the middle of all of it with confusion why, why is this happening to me? I've lost my livestock. I've lost my children. I've lost my house. I've lost, I've lost so I've multiple losses in my life. So he starts out being confused about the loss. And then he moves from confusion over to complaining. I don't like what's happening to me, God. And then he moves from complaining to where now he's making a bold accusation to God. God, you're just not nice. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but you know what I love about God? God just takes it all. He just handles it all because he is God. And the right response to any unexplained tragedy in our life is not for us just to grin and bear it and say, Praise the Lord, everybody. No, that is dishonest. I'm going to tell you like it is. That is insincere. When you have gone through multiple life, uh, 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 losses in your life or disappointments in your life, for you to walk around and just act like, oh, praise the Lord. It's all good. It's okay. No, it, it, either, it either didn't uh, bother you like, like uh, it should have or else you are just being insincere about it. Uh, don't say don't say that it's it's just okay because it's not okay and it's okay to not be okay all right I said it's okay to not be okay now we don't want to stay that way but we have to admit this is where I am don't be walking around talking phony and church jargon and, uh, and all of that kind of stuff let me tell you something don't be talking one way with your mouth but feeling another way in your heart open your mouth in your prayer closet and cry out to God and stop allowing yourself to walk around phony and fake that's the problem today we got too many church people that are fake and that are phony and they just walk around like ain't nothing happening ain't nothing wrong and, and on the inside we are dying and our body becomes sick because we don't find a way to express the things that are going on inside of us let me tell you God is okay with your honesty I 
said, God is okay with your honesty. Your family might not be. Your bestie might not be. But God is okay with your honesty. 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 Somebody put honesty. Be honest with God. Be honest with him and tell him precisely and exactly how you feel. God would much rather you have a gut level conversation with him than for you to walk around stuffing how you are feeling. God would much rather you wrestle with him in a fight in prayer than to walk around quiet and detached. Lamentations 2 and 19 says, cry out in the night, in the night, in the dark season, cry out in the night and Pour your heart out. I'm telling you all of this. He said, pour your heart out like water in prayer to the Lord. Let me tell you something. Some of the greatest people in scripture, people that we are, 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 admire, people that we are just blown away by, they have come to points in their life where they experienced loss and they all, all they could do was really cry out to the Lord. These are godly people. I said, these are godly people. Don't judge people just because they're having a bad moment and tell, act like well, they don't know God because if you knew God oh shut up yes there it is it's the first Sunday in in 2021 and I just told you to shut up I know it is not polite but it is highly effective and I want to tell you listen let's give people room to tell it how they feel you can't help people go to where they need to go if you can't identify with them where they are so you got you got to allow God to, to you got to find that place in God and you got to understand that God knows and he understands. Jeremiah, oh, let's talk about Jeremiah. Everybody loves Jeremiah. He's a prophet. I know the plans that I have for you. All of this comes from Jeremiah. But did you know that at one point in his life, Jeremiah said, God, you have deceived me. He's accusing God of lying, of being a liar. He said, God, you have deceived me. And I am not appreciative about that. Even Naomi, oh, we love the story of Ruth and Naomi. But Naomi said at one point in her life, call me, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara because I am bitter. God has made my life bitter. Now, let me tell you something. She finally came around, but for a moment, that's how she honestly felt. That's how she honestly felt. David said, David, the worshiper, the mighty worshiper, the mighty king, the man that wrote so many of the songs, David said, I have taken the worst that you can hand out, God, and I am fed up with it. That's it. But the thing about David is David kept coming back. Whatever you do, be real and just keep coming back. The same thing happened with Job. But although he questioned God's wisdom and although he wondered what was going on and although he was always spouting off with his mouth, one minute he's blessing God, the next minute he's ready to just throw in the towel. There was something that, that Job had that we all need. And here's what he had in the very root of his life, not on the surface, not, not just where everybody can see, but in the very root of Job's life was something that was called trust. Oh, let me tell you, trust is what you have to have if you're going to cultivate courage. You cannot cultivate courage without having trust in God. And although Job asked questions, and although he would say things to God, at the end of the day, he had something in him that trusted God. That's how many of us have made it through 2020. We didn't understand. We didn't know what to say. We found ourselves confused. We found ourselves almost blinded by what was hitting us upside the head that we didn't see coming. But there was something in the 
basement of our spirit that was called trust. And if you're going to make it through life, if you're going to make it through hell and high water, if you're going to make it through pandemics, if you're going to make it through unemployment, if you're going to make it through sickness and illness and loss and disappointment, you got to have something in your spirit. If you're going to cultivate courage, you got to have something in you that is, it's one of the main ingredients in cultivating courage. You got to have that inside of you. And the way that you have that trust is when you can go to God and just tell God exactly how you feel. Because if you don't, you'll be walking around and you'll, the, the enemy will lie to you. The enemy will tell you you're a hypocrite. You might as well give up. You might as well throw in the towel. You know what you tell the devil? Say, take this, just take this devil. I'm going to go to God and say, God, I'm discouraged and I'm disappointed and I thought you were going to go right and instead of going right, you went left and I don't understand why you would do what, I don't know why I lost him. I don't know why I lost her, but God, I need you to know that even if you don't want to answer my question, I want you to know this is how I really feel. And if I'm wrong for that, then create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. Whatever you do, you got to tell God exactly how you really feel. The second thing that Job did to be able to keep it moving in spite of the losses, Job accepted help from others. I'm telling you what, we, we have this thing in us where people are so full of pride. You know, it's like people go from one extreme to another. They, they go from, they, they go from where they're, they don't mind calling you and say, hey, I need my real money, I need my house, I need everything, I need it. And, and, and you become God in their life. And they look to you to, and they deplete you and they drain you. They become a leech. And they, or you got the other people who will go all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum. And they got so much pride that they will never ask anybody to help them. Let me tell you something. The people, we, we, we are meant to need one another. God never meant for us. Now, I'm not just talking about finances. Don't go out and start asking everybody for everything because at the end of the day, then you got to praise them and, and you can't praise God. But when it, when, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, we are not meant to handle pain, this, this intense pain and stress and loss all alone. We were wired. Do you understand that? From the, before the foundation of the world, we were wired to need one another. I am not complete without you. You are not complete. Complete. We are the body of Christ. And the first thing that God said in the garden was it is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. The problem with this is that when we face loss and when we face failure and defeat and discouragement and a crisis and, a, and make mistakes, we automatically want to withdraw. There's something in us that draws us back. And I'm going to tell you something. That's a bad idea. That is a real bad idea. I tell you through this, um, through this pandemic, Caseway has been faithful to, to be online oh, 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 throughout this pandemic. And I have heard, if I've heard one person say it, I've heard so many say it, that I didn't feel like getting on tonight. I didn't feel like showing my face tonight. I didn't feel like I was able to just go through it. But I'm so glad I got on because I'm encouraged. Let me tell you something the devil will tell you don't get involved just stay back I, you, they don't really love you they don't really care about you you better not tell tell them how you feel and you find yourself isolating the enemy tries to do that he pushes you to back to the back of the line because he wants you're easier to pluck off if you're in the back there ought to be something in you that says oh absolutely not I'm gonna press my way I'm pressing my way into the presence of God I'm going to do what I got to do, but I'm telling you, devil, I'm not by myself in this. Job 6 and 14 says, when, when desperate people give up on God Almighty, their friends at least should stick with them. You're saying that even if you try to give up on God, you ought to have a friend that sticks with you. How do I do that? Because you have shown yourself friends.
friendly. When you sow friendliness, you will reap friendliness. And you need real friends in your life. I said you need real friends. Make a list. Do you have any real friends in your life? You need friends because when you, here's why one of the reasons that you need friends. Friends will walk in when everybody else walks out. I said friends, real friends, will walk in when everybody walks out. Friends don't rub it in. Friends help you to rub it out. I love how the New International Version says it. It says it like this. Even a despairing man deserves the devotion of his friends, even if he forsakes the Almighty God. Woo! I'm going to read that again. Even a despairing man deserves the devotion of his friends, even if he forsakes the Almighty God. It is a sad thing today as I look back over 2020 and I see families that have been torn apart over an election, families that have divided themselves from one another because somebody voted for somebody you didn't vote for. Number one, nobody told me that I had to vote for who you voted for. Y'all don't like me. I don't know where that's coming from. I know it's coming up out of my spirit. But God said for every one of us that seems to judge other people because you didn't vote like I think. You didn't vote like the Bible said. Number one, you don't know who I voted for. Somebody got mad at me because I congratulated Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris because they had uh, they, they had been uh, uh, won the, the vote that night. Somebody got mad at me and people started unfriending me by I'm so glad that I know who you are and how you are because the it's totally opposite of scripture because the Bible said even a despairing man deserves the devotion of his friends even if he turns his back on God just because I didn't do it and I turned my back on the way you thought it should be done you want to despise me and I'm not just talking about me but I am saying if you are the person that has been so quick to cut your family off. You're out of order and you need to apologize to somebody because it is not pleasing to the almighty God. Woo! That's your free part. That's your free part. In other words, what he's saying is there will be times in your life when you are in so much pain that even you yourself will question is God really real? That's what that scripture is saying. You'll question yourself and say, do I really believe what I thought I was going to believe? But let me tell you something. It's in moments like this where friends will step up to the plate and your friends will put their arm around you, whether they have to do it uh, virtual or whether they're right there where you are. Friends will say, that's all right, baby. It's okay. We are here. We believe God for you. We believe God with you. I, I, well, I'm full of doubt right now. I just don't know. That's okay. We're full of faith right now, and I'm not going to let you be alone in this. I'm going to pray for you. I'm here for you. I don't know if I trust God. That's okay. I trust him. I trust him, and I he trusts me with you. I can't even pray for myself anymore. That's all right, because I'm going to pray for you. That's okay. And God commands us to be there for one another. He it's not a suggestion. It is a commandment. He said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11, encourage each other and give others your strength. Give each, each other, give other people your strength. He is commanding us. He is saying, bear the, the, uh, the, the one another's burdens. Get up under one another's burdens because by helping each other with your troubles, you obey the law of Christ. You are, whenever you get up under somebody's burden who says, I'm depressed, I'm discouraged, I don't know how to make it. You are getting up under their burden and in doing so, you are obeying the law 
of Christ. What is the law of Christ? To love your neighbor as you love yourself. So every time you help somebody that's angry, that's fearful, that's doubting, that's frustrated, that's crushed, that's broken, that's grieving, that's hurting, you are fulfilling the cause, the whole cause that Christ came into the earth to fulfill. Let me tell you something about pain. Pain is the great equalizer. And when you're in pain, it doesn't matter if you're black or brown or white or whatever you are. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're educated or uneducated. Whenever you help somebody through their pain, you are fulfilling the whole cause of Christ, which is the gospel. You are helping somebody. You think you're sitting in your house helping people with your judgmental ways. You're not helping people. That's not the cause of Christ. The cause of Christ looks at somebody that you love and says, I think they might be a little bit confused, but I'm going to lay that on the altar too because I don't know if I, I don't know that I, just because it's my way don't mean it's the right way, but I'm going to lay it on the altar and I'm going to kill, still keep on being who I am. I'm going to still keep on doing what Jesus would do. I'm going to love people. I'm going to call people. People. I'm going to text people and I'm going to give people a chance to talk with their maker about it before I clamp down my judgment on their life. He is not pleased with such things as this. You have to tell God how you feel. If you're going to have what it takes to keep going, you got to be honest with God. You got to accept help from others. The third thing you're going to have to do now, I want you to hear me out on this one. You have to stop asking God why. Now, I'm one of those people who have always said, he ain't mad at you just because you ask him, why God? Why God? I've asked him why over a lot of different things in my life. But when you have gone through a crisis, when you have gone through a loss, when you have gone through severe pain, it is very natural, if you're not super religious, to ask God why. Now, I, I'm telling you because I know I've done it. And you may do that for a minute. And he ain't mad at you. He can take it. Okay? I said, God can take it. Church people can't take it. You better not ask God. You better not question God. I'm not questioning God like, oh, God, who are you to do? No, I'm just trying to understand. But hear me, when the answer to your prayer doesn't come like you want it to come, when the miracle doesn't come like you want it to come, when the provision doesn't come like you ask God to let it come, at some point you've got to put it in his hands. At some point, you have to stop asking why. Because what happens is eventually, if you don't stop asking why, 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 it prolongs the pain. Woo, that's good preaching. I said it will prolong your pain. There are some things, this is what we got to know, that there are some things that we may eventually find out there are some things that God will tell us. Job learned that, but he also learned that there are just some things that God, he's not going to answer. He's not going to answer. Job spent 37 chapters asking God questions. 37 chapters asking God questions. Here's some of the things he asked. Why didn't I die at birth as I came up out of my mother's womb? Why did my mother let me live? He despised the day that he was born. Why? Why do you let people go on living in misery, God? Why? 
That might be a very legit question. We've all been there. We've all asked questions. Some were legit, some were not. And the reason that we ask God why, think about this. This is something you can think on. A lot of times that, that we, the reason we keep asking God why is because we think if, 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 if God will answer our why, then we think that the pain will get easier. You hear that? We think if, if God just answers us, then it's going to make the pain easier. But it won't. Because one question is going to lead to another. To another, to another, to another. We want explanations. But what we need is the strength of God to endure what it is that we have to endure. You don't need an explanation. You need a savior. You need a God that you know has your best interests at heart. You need his comfort. You need his spirit. You need his support. You need his strength. You need his presence. But we all get stuck in wanting an answer. Or why did he leave me? Why am I not enough? Why did you take my child? Why did my wife lose her life in COVID-19? Why did you take my husband? Why did you let them hurt me? Why did you let them break their promise to me? Why, God? Why am I alone? Listen, you can ask those questions until you're blue in the face. But when it's all said and done, look at this preacher today. You may not like what I'm getting ready to say, but there are some things that we will never know why as long as we're living on this side of eternity. Some things we will never know. You know why? <laughs> I can tell you that one. Because we're not God. And we will never be God. And we'll never know on this side of eternity why God would choose to heal that one and not heal that one. Why he would let that one live and not let the other one live. We won't know it on this side of eternity. That's why I'm all the time saying heaven is for real. Heaven is for real. Because heaven don't just have people I love, but it's got answers that I think I need. And it's not till we get on the other side that we begin to understand things. Some things, you just, what are you saying to us, pastor? I'm saying some things, you just got to accept. And you got to say, Lord, I don't know. I don't know because if I don't accept those things that I still don't know and I just keep digging and keep, I'm going to find myself prolonging my pain. Proverbs 25 and 2 says that it is God's privilege to conceal a thing. Do y'all hear me? It is God's privilege to conceal a thing. God reveals. Yes, we know that. But God also conceals. I get tickled about people up here prophesying to everybody. The Lord just showed me. The Lord told me. The Lord. And they never say nothing about sometimes God just conceals The only things that you and I know about God are the things that God chose to reveal about himself. That's all we know about him. God reveals himself when he wants, how he wants, to whom he wants. 
He reveals himself through revelation. He reveals himself through nature. He reveals himself through your circumstances. He reveals himself through his word, but he also at times will conceal things. Sometimes he intentionally hides his face from us. Why does he do that? Why doesn't he just make it perfectly clear? Because he's God and he don't owe you that answer. He's God and his ways are past finding out. He's God. He doesn't owe us an explanation. He's God and he doesn't have to check in with us before he has permission to do anything in our life. So you and I have to make up in our mind with answers or without answers. I'm, like, like Prophetess Barbara Calloway said the other night, I'm going with God. I don't know about you with answers or without answers. I'm going with God with clarity or no clarity. I'm going to walk softly before God with explanations or no explanations. I have made up my mind. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Yes, there are some things he'll answer. There are some things he will reveal. But if he chooses to do something that I don't understand and he chooses not to reveal that to me, then I can't just hold back my worship. I can't I can't just hold back my praise. I can't just get mad at God and not act like he's God because he's God whether I know what's going on or whether I don't know what's going on because we know in part. First Corinthians 13 says, right now we only know a little. Right now we see things imperfectly as in a poor mirror. But then, <laughs> Woo! Then, 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 but then when God chooses to reveal, we will see everything and with perfect clarity, all that I now know is partial. It is incomplete. But then I will know everything completely. One day, church, we'll understand it all. One day we will see perfectly clear. One day it's going to all make sense. One day we're going to understand why we had to go through this and why we had to go through that. One day we're going to understand why 2020 was like it was. What I'm telling you today is as you embrace a new year, Settle the issue. Settle the issue early in the year. We're not going to understand it all here and now. And in the meantime, what you don't understand, don't let it shake your faith. Don't let it make you stop knowing what you already know. I said, don't let it make you stop knowing what you, because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to sow a seed of doubt, okay? And he'll sow that seed of doubt and you'll start backing up. And when you start backing up, you'll get backed up so far that you will forget everything that you know. You got to just make up in your mind. I may never understand that, but it's okay. Let me tell you what I do. I got this little file in the back of my head or down in my spirit. I got it somewhere. And when God does things that I don't understand, I put them in that file. And that file says, just ask God later. It's my just ask God later file. Some of y'all have got baggage. You barely got out of 2020. Because you got all of this baggage. God said, I need you to file that. I need you to file it in the Ask God Later file. Every time that you are faced with unanswerable questions, just park it. 
and put it in that ask God later file and leave it there. Let it go and go on with your life. That's why some people die before they die. Y'all better hear me today. I said they die before they die because they try to stay there and they try to be God and they try to figure it all out. We'll understand it better. By and by, by and by, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered at home, we will tell the story how we overcome and we'll understand it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We'll understand it better by and by. So when you don't get it, and when you prayed over and over and over again, you don't get answers. When you don't get the baby and you don't get the wife and you don't get the husband and you don't get the raise and you don't get the job and you don't get the answers to the things that you're praying for. File it in prayer and go on and enjoy your life. You may have to, you may have to crawl before you walk, but that's okay. Just keep making progress because he wants you to live or you would not have that breath that you just drew in. He's got a purpose for your life. You got to find a way though in this thing called life to cultivate courage. So how do you do that? You trust God with the things that you don't know. And you hold on to the things that you do know. Job wrestled. He wrestled, y'all hear me, until he began to doubt the real value of prayer. I'm telling you, the enemy will back you up into a corner if you allow him to do that. Job wrestled until he started doubting the value of prayer. Here's what he said in Job 21 and 15. Who is the Almighty and why should we obey him? What good will it do for us if we pray? Why, God? Why, God? And if it feels today like God has let you down or if it feels today like God has disappointed you, you have to do the last thing I'm going to tell you today that Job did. You have to trust God in the things that you don't understand. And after 38 chapters of 37, 37, 38 chapters of Job questioning God, God started asking Job the questions. And when he did, God was so profound that Job realized, oh, my knowledge is very limited, but God's knowledge is unlimited. And in Job 42, the Bible says, Then Job replied to, to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and I know that there's no one that can stop you. And you're asking, who is that questioning my wisdom with such ignorance? Job admits it, and he said, it is I. It is I. I was talking about things that I didn't understand. Things that were far too wonderful for me. So I take back everything I said, God. And I sit in dust. And I sit in ashes. Showing my repentance. Job said, I'm in over my head. This is above my pay grade. I can't see the full picture. Somebody says today, what do you do, Pastor Brady, when you can't see the full picture? You remind yourself what you know. You remind yourself what you know. I know that God is a good and a loving God. I know that he died for my sin. I know that he holds all power in his hand. I know that he notices every detail of my life, every hair that I leave on the counter. He recognizes that hair. I realize, I know that, that God
God is in control. I know that he has a plan for me and I know he will give his angels charge over me. Job didn't understand it all. But he made an affirmation of faith that somebody who's watching me today needs to make. And here's what it was. Though he slay me, slay me yet will I trust him trust it's one of the main ingredients in courage Whew. look back over your life don't point out every time you feel like God failed point out every time that he made a way where there was no way start Using that and cultivate fresh courage. You're going to need courage now. If you're going to walk in 2021 and do what he's called you to do, you got to have some courage. No more weak saints. No more just, oh, I'm out of court. I'm just going to cry about everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for God one day. I'm going to quit the next. I'm just, I, my feelings is hurt. I'm going to be bitter this month. I'll try to be better. No, 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 no. Stop it. Time out for all that. 2020 has taught you anything. It's taught you that it is time for you to grow in God. Cultivate courage by trusting Him. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org watch now or through our Potter's House North app.